I just texted the Zoom chat. I remembered because I spaced on a thing we were we were going to talk about, and now I remembered. But now I still have to scroll and find it. Hi, it's Joseph's racist. <laughs> that we were just speaking to one another off mic. We paused yeah. for maybe ten seconds to start yeah. the theme music, and then within that ten second space, you had to silently text us. I remembered, which sounds like something that you shout <laughs> as you're being pushed down a well. <laughs> you sound like a little ghost child. <laughs> I remember. Oh no, I can't find it. Oh my god. I gosh. don't know what you're talking about, but this is like maybe in your top ten most chaotic ways to start the pod. I, and yet, I did mention that this is the Joseph's Racist Podcast. My name is Andrew T. That's Tati Dusa. Producer Kevin Bartelt is here. But yes, I agree. I'm trying to make up for it with some modicum of professionalism. Also, it's been... I genuinely didn't remember when this episode is coming out. Pretty pretty thoroughly. We're, we're, in, we're, in, we're off recording schedule. It's just fucked up. But now we're back. No, we're normal now. Yeah. Well, we're normal now, but we'd been off for so long that I was like having trouble. We'd been off. Now we're now we're on, baby. Yeah. Now we're on. This is us being very on. <laughs> I like you saying I thoroughly didn't remember. I aggressively <laughs> forgot. <laughs> it's a very interesting to completion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because sometimes I kind of forgot. I really. Oh my god! I'm trying to like scroll. Oh, okay, oh, let's do something okay. else while you do whatever. No, is happening. it's hard to watch. <laughs> I can cut. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Andrew mentally entered a birthday party and was like, "Whose birthday is this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, yeah, we're back. We're we're doing uh, we're like news that we get to do because we're in real time, or news or things that kind of happened recently ish. And the thing that I remembered, I'll just need to get this out of the way so my brain doesn't keep cycling on it. Okay, I'm trying to find it. the exact tweet that we talked about, but Rachel Dolezal got fired. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my God. If you had just told me what you were looking for, I could have sent it to you. Um, we we got This was sent to us, uh, I think, by Jessica Gao in the group I chat the other assume. night. It was a tweet that was like, it literally said, like, what what state is it? Florida or wherever she's working now or Ohio? Arizona, uh, I think. Arizona, yeah. Um, oh she was like, Ari it said Arizona area teacher fired for OnlyFans account. But then when you yeah. click to expand to open up the, like, quote tweet or whatever, <laughs> it's a picture of Rachel Dolezal. And they were like, how is that not the first two words of your headline? Yeah. It was one of the wild, yeah, Tucson. <laughs> the tweet from this local news was breaking news. Breaking news also. Tucson teacher loses job over OnlyFans account, and it was Rachel fucking Dolezal. <laughs> um, anyway. So we're doing bits about her. I know I've said on this podcast that we weren't going to talk about her anymore, but now it feels like um, vintage, like skinny jeans, you know? Yeah, um, <laughs> So, but then uh, Cody Ziegler alerted us to the fact that she changed her name. Um, yeah, wait, to, okay. Oh, I remember it. Okay, good. Nikechi Diallo. <laughs> So if you were wondering, did she change her name to something less trifling and weird? No. <laughs> she went hard the other way. She said, I'm tripling down. It really is amazing how we managed to not think about her, I think, for quite some time. Oh, yeah. And Thoroughly yet, put out my mind. She's just, like, just completely back. I hope in some form she's happy. I think I... 
I throw this, I'll throw this out there. I think she's like constantly very happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. She doesn't need my well wishes. She's fine. Yeah. I think there's, there's like a level of some lack of self-awareness that only the happiest people have in her behavior. In in my, that's just one guess of mine. Speaking of things that are cultural appropriation. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about things that are not cultural appropriation. And that is Beyonce releasing two tracks that qualify as country music. Yeah. And yet, and yet the whites are up in arms. The, The country stations, some of them have said, we don't play Beyonce. Yeah. It's, I love it. That, I love this. I love this is, energy. <laughs> okay, I I do have an actual question to the to the musicians on the Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a sense of what like country music is musically, mm-hmm. or is it's musically and lyrically? I guess there's what what actually is country music? <laughs> Are you talking about what makes something part of a genre? I guess. It's it's all of those things. It's music, like the com- composition of the music. It's the lyrics. It's also instrumentation. That's yeah. why you can have country songs that are covered by other artists that make it a different genre. So right, right, many right, right. Of those okay. Instruments that are inherent to country music, like the banjo, which I always dog on, but listeners always point out to me that I always forget <laughs> that the banjo comes from a very African instrument. Um, it is like identical to that instrument that was brought over by slaves and made its way into rural southern uh, sounds that has now become country music. Uh, like all that shit. I know it's so like it, I'm such a broken record being like every single style of music you like, you can trace back to black people. Like there's right, just. Yeah. <laughs> there's just like yeah so it, for people to be like country music is you know she's appropriating mm-hmm. it's like first of all you, how are you going to tell this woman from Texas yeah that she's appropriating a, a fu- fucking anything about yeah. country music it's um, I mean yeah it's not surprising obviously that these no. racists believe this and like and, and are uh, like jumping at the uh, chance to claim cultural appropriation towards the mm-hmm. dominant class of people. That's what these fuckers always do. You know, it's just, yeah. they're, mm. but the, the country music stations and like, it, it was like, cause it was the CMT awards, right? Like a couple years ago, I think like declined to have her up here, I believe mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I just find it hard to f- see how they can justify it with anything other than we don't, allow black women to, or black people, I guess, yeah. probably more broadly, to be country music. Mm-hmm. I talked a little bit on Yo Can We Live about this interview with a few mus- musicians that has kind of stuck with me where they're talking about defining specific genres that, they, that they've kind of been categorized as. And then one of the guys said, like, just so strong was like, I don't care about genre at all. And I, I, mm. I he's like, I find this whole conversation kind of annoying, frankly, of... He's like, to me, it's like the feeling and uh, that's very subjective. But to me, if you can like emote a genre, I think that is more interesting to me than like being able to define it by like the instrumentation and this and that and stuff. And to me, mm. I when you hear that Beyonce song, I'm like, yeah, this just feel you. This feels yeah. like country music to me. Yeah. And I guess you can. Yeah, you can define it by certain things. But 
it's so clearly like it is like emoting country music than to be like it's not country it's like yeah. well it's whatever she says it yeah. is I agree with that and because she is such a she's in a phase of her career where she's just like a, you know a brilliant marketing mind Yeah, she is very clearly defining this for herself mm-hmm. as a country moment like all of her outfits mm-hmm. you know the teaser that she released to, to showcase part of the song Texas Hold'em everything is like very clearly defined and marked and you know she's she's painting everything a way the same way that she did for renaissance like it's marketing it's branding it's also just Mm -hmm. like what an artist can choose to do she's had plenty of you know kind of genre melding hits things that traversed pop and r&b and rap kind of all on the same album and right Mm -hmm. now she's going this is the house music album here Mm -hmm. comes my country (laughs) album and she's just doing it really clearly because that's the you know it's Picasso in his fucking blue phase. It's an artist saying I'm only going to paint with blue paint right now. Yeah. So yeah. it it is kind of like it it's just so it's also just so transparent to see uh yeah it, ma- mainly white folks be up in arms about it the same way they were with Lil Nas X. Frankly, that's and what I was going to bring up, Tawny. The yeah the whole reason that he the whole time like how he couldn't get play on those stations until Billy Ray Cyrus jumped on his track. And then yeah. it became the biggest fucking country song in the world for years to the point yeah. where it's still like the biggest kids bop song. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they're truly mad about. Like these racists and bigots that are like, we don't play Beyonce or that's not country music. You're mad because we do this shit better than y'all. And when we deign to yeah. actually dip into the genres that the, the bigots think are quote unquote theirs, mm-hmm. we just do it better. It's just catchier. We just are more in touch with how good music should sound sorry that's like that's what it's showing me that i'm like y'all are just scared that we're eating your lunch yeah sorry yeah i mean that's the sort of like b-side to the like um genre thing it's like i yeah i I think it's probably pretty reasonable to like not like it or want to be defined by it um Mm -hmm. but like it just feels like money forces money or categories or like radio stations like a radio station I was just saying, and I've talked at length about how the genres were defined during a time, you know, during segregation and during yeah. a time in this country where, like, there's literally a, a, a section in the record store just called race records. And it literally just meant if the person singing it is black, it has to go over here. Yeah. So genre is also yeah. kind of, like, arbitrary and very tied to race already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but when you really look at what makes the uh, fabric and DNA of a song belong, quote unquote, to a certain genre, it's what that artist is telling you it is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right and it's yeah i guess it's, it's not important other than just like if you got to put it on a, sh- a shelf somewhere or you gotta like put it in a search category or if you gotta if it's like awards mm-hmm. like i suppose you have to do that but like right it doesn't really like well I, but in this case it is like like i guess is texas the south beyonce's from <laughs> texas whatever the south is <laughs> Because isn't it technically not the South? Am I crazy? I, I think Texas is like weird Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Texas is Texas. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah. And also like, you know, I guess like country isn't like about the South necessarily. If it's like fucking cowboys and shit, those I, are everywhere. I guess I, I'm also just like, I don't know. I've been in this country game a minute and I've heard plenty of black country musicians throughout the yeah. years that I'm yeah. just like, this is not new, but they're not mainstream Mm-hmm. Yeah, for reasons we can all understand. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it is a genius move, even though I think I will probably always much prefer Renaissance over, I, I, I prefer those songs in that style over the style of country she's doing here. I think it's a genius move to say, I'm the biggest, you know, one of, if not the biggest artists walking right now. Yeah. I'm a black woman. I am going to <laughs> take my smash success everywhere else and apply it specifically to this genre that I know like 49% of you don't want me anywhere near. And let's just mm-hmm. see what that does. And let's just challenge yeah. some people's assumptions and see where I get play and see if I'm invited to the CMTs. Let's just see. Because I think what she's doing is she's showing America exactly where our biases and our, our racism lies. Because what? why else? Why else would she be going so hard with the cowboy hats and the boat? Like, she could just put out a country record and just dress the same and do the same thing and be like, oh, I just wanted to try the music. But she is yeah. fully branding herself in this way. I, I think it's like a brilliant, I want to say stunt, but it's not a stunt. It's like a, I don't know. It's yeah. A, it's a experiment. Well, I guess it, it's like she has the power to like, I mean, you know, essentially she is you know, not alone because she has a team, I'm sure, and like, you know, collaborates mm-hmm. with musicians and like black country artists, other like less prominent black country artists. But she essentially like her name has the at least potential to like go up against you know, deep institutional racism, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. Because like the radio station's not even really pretending to have a good explanation for why they don't play Beyonce music. Right. Beyonce's right. music is like, yeah, just I mean, why? They, they have a very clear explanation. They just don't want to say it on air. Yeah, right. Because yeah. those same stations, I'm assuming, still play Taylor, even though she hasn't done country in a decade. Yeah, yeah. But they'll yeah. put on, you know, her folkier, poppy things. But that's not country anymore, even though she's fully crossed over into pop star. But they'll yeah. play Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's like the the argument is 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 country music. Listen, I'll just say the the thing that is very ignorant of me, but it's like the same way I feel about like, you know, jazz and just so many like like other genres that have been so thoroughly appropriated from black folks and that I would sort of argue that large the main body of black culture doesn't really particularly fuck with anymore either. Mm-hmm. Um like is it worth trying to rest back you know, obviously Beyonce should just do whatever she wants and she right, yeah. doesn't need my permission or otherwise. But, you know, it is this thing of like, I guess I just like maybe like, I don't know if it's defeatist or like, as longtime listeners will be aware, it's like, I just don't give a fuck about anything old. <laughs> <laughs> so like, if it's like, it's like, I, to me, I'm just like, look, the racists want uncountry music. They own it. You know, yeah. does, it shouldn't stop you from doing it, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a coherent but, thought about this. And I'm aware, I'm aware that what I'm saying is unbelievably ignorant and wrong. But no, it is I how I feel. I think you're speaking more from a place of, like, artists at our level. Like, is it our job to... If there was something that you loved doing that had been stolen from right. Chinese people... Like, I, I see what you're saying about us. But you're absolutely right that, like, Beyonce's the one to do it. Because she has the power and heft and clearly the energy. Like, she didn't yeah. take this on thinking... Everyone's going to be, all these white people are going to be really happy to see me in a 10-gallon hat at the Grammys. They're going to love this, yeah. They're going to love this. A white 10-gallon hat. Like, that's the that's the lynching code hat. Like, that's the in the heat of the right. night hat. Like, yeah. you, she, that is a uniform that she's putting on to be like, hello, I'm here now. Deal. I'm taking up space here, and you, you will deal with it. So, 
I guess I'm just like, good on you for having that energy. 44-year-old mother of three, God bless you. Um, And if it makes space for, because personally, I've just been, you know, I I find the whole, I like all types of music except country statement a little tired just because I think it's, there's Mm -hmm. there's plenty of bad music of all genres and there's, you know, good of all as well. So I'm always just like, oh, people who think that they've they just haven't heard good country. Like they, I, I don't think you can listen to Dolly Parton's "I Will Always Love You" and say I hate country. Like uh, just across the board, I could, I don't think you can do that if you have a soul in your body. Um, right. So I, I am hopeful that she all all this will do. She won't win the hearts and minds of bigots, but what she will do is make other people, people of color, feel like a little more ownership over liking this genre. Yeah. I guess I also was like so checked out on it. I was like, oh my God, this is happening. I didn't realize, was it announced that it was going to come out? No, when she it, dropped it in okay. the middle of the Super Bowl, like a psychopath. Okay, okay. So I was surprised because I was supposed to be surprised. I was like, I don't know, did I miss Yeah, she did a Verizon like commercial that ended with the words, now drop the music. And everyone went, <laughs> what? And then we all <laughs> went to Instagram and she's like, these two songs are out now. And we were all like, where? Where? Like, freaking out. Like, uh, it's, oh my God. I just really respect the the marketing. That sounds so stupid. Did she to do say, that with but... Renaissance too? Or um, Lemonade or something? I feel like she likes doing the surprise drop. Yeah. Was Lemonade a surprise drop? Something was. I don't remember. I yeah. like it. I think it's fun it's when artists do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's also like, it's not like she needs to like promote it. No, mm-hmm. she doesn't need to ramp up. She can do it during the most watched thing in the world and still draft viewership away from it. Like there's yeah. that whole Instagram TikTok trend of people showing their watch parties just clicking away from the Super Bowl so they can go figure out how to download title or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Did we have something else? I feel like we had something else to talk about before the break. Just to circle back to something Tony said, it is mind-blowing and frustrating that if it was called Texas Hold'em featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, that the country world would have embraced it. That's why part of me wonders if there will be collabs on the full album. Like, maybe there will, you know, maybe there'll be something with Miley or who knows. I think there will be just because of her last few albums have been so collab heavy and I've really enjoyed that. Um, It's kind of fun to see, but... Who knows? It doesn't have to be, but um, I feel yeah. like there's a chance she will not be doing collabs with anyone white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's a ch- a reasonable, reasonable oh chance that God. happens. Maybe not. What do I know? When suddenly people have like you know black country star names on their lips, just like every in everyday conversation, I think that's when I'll like rise to my truest form. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> eyes glowing as I ascend over yeah well and part of this too was like it's like I think when in, uh, during the Super Bowl you were like like oh I want to talk about this but we're not recording uh, yeah but uh, so I was like, we'll talk about it later yeah <laughs> I'm, glad I, I'm glad we finally got a chance also I still wasn't clear when yeah I don't know what day it is okay oh also it was Lunar New Year um oh I did have a thing I want to talk about um uh, SNL had fucking huge anti-Asian racist Shane Gillis as the host, which Ugh. shouldn't have been, I guess, surprising. But like, I mean, not huge, obviously. He's like, just like, and I will just say, I know people seem to like him. He's 
on. He's even more not my taste than most stand-up comedy. It's just to mm. me very pedestrian. But you know, and the and the things he got um unhired from SNL for were like you know unbelievably like basic level um like child level like you know Asian accent stuff. Mm-hmm. But he also never apologized really. Like he was just like. Ugh. And mm-hmm. he's one of those, like, funny is funny stand-ups. So, like, you know, he, he has not impressed me personally. Um, I think he's for... Even the people of color I know who like him are, like... It's always, like, he's just a master of his craft. And if anyone saw any of our live shows in 2022, they'll they'll know what I think about the craft of stand-up comedy. I You know, I'm not surprised that SNL, which is, like, basically, like, a right-wing institution as far as their, like, um, casting process goes had him on but it really was like extra he's disgusting next week, or he's this upcoming week uh, no wasn't he last week saturday uh the 24th oh all right on well, my all that. birthday how dare they <laughs> Yikes. they oh. should have had me on yay i don't know i guess i Kevin also Lee- didn't get hired to snl but not for saying anything racist simply because i was not funny enough <laughs> when I am know. i gonna host Leave this all in, I guess. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I don't give a Sorry, fuck. Sorry, I, 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 I ruined our chances to edit by doing a bit. No, I want oh, no, no, I no, want no. Tawny to host, so I want this all in anyway. Yeah, yeah. Also, and I don't I don't watch SNL clearly. I, for some reason, someone told me it was like that day, and I just believe them. Anyway, yeah, that guy uh, fucking sucks. Uh, are we taking a break? Let's yeah. <laughs> all right. Did you talk about, do you want to, do you have a brief take on where you fall on the calling it Lunar New Year versus Chinese New Year of it all? Yeah, I just call it Lunar New Year because the worst Chinese people I know insist on calling it Chinese New Year. So <laughs> Got it, so yours is a trauma response. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really know why. No, it's, I mean, it, it's trauma, but also a, an active like, oh no, okay. Like, I didn't really have an opinion until I saw other people who I think are bad people have a strong opinion. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I know I'm on the other side of their opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because I grew up with a lot of Filipinos and they just always said Chinese New Year. Um, yeah. And I wonder but, if there's, yeah, go ahead. It's also from the era when Asian, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was only like just starting to like decouple Asian from Chinese. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> So, and I think, yeah, there's lots of people who are like, it's, it's just like, it, it just sounds dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it seems to me. Like, it doesn't seem necessarily ignorant when I hear it. It just sounds like not updated. It just sounds old. Yeah. You, you just like, it's, it's, it's the like Afro-Americans of <laughs> speech Oof. or even African-American. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's more like it's closer to that, maybe. It's not quite as bad as Afro-Americans, which just, like, there's no... <laughs> speaking of white 10-gallon hats, like... Afro-American really sticks in my craw. <laughs> but you know you know what I mean? Where it's like, well, I mean, I guess you're right. And I, it is definitely what you're talking about. But mm. there's no, like, reason not to be more inclusive in all likelihood, Especially for non-Chinese people. It just seems like the safe move just be to say Lunar New Year if you are not yeah. Chinese. Yeah. 
or not that's... Asian at all. Like, if you don't have some cultural growing up reason why you feel you need to call it Chinese New Year. Yeah, but there kind of isn't <laughs> ever a good reason. Well, that's not for me to determine. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, I, I did, like, probably my worst job at it this year. I just had, like, like normal hot pot in a not particularly festive way. I guess I, I, I made an effort to, to be with um, Asian folks, but I could have done a better, a bigger effort on the cooking. Low effort cooking. Oh, this Do is a, you- this is a, a tease for uh, Yoko We Live, our premium show available at suboptimalpods.com for mm-hmm. uh, a subscription. Um, two different people uh, DM'd different, uh, Tani and I, about cooking talk. So we'll probably we'll probably be uh, putting in uh, some some cooking business more, mm-hmm. talking more about cooking at Yoko We Live, and also oh we should have said this at the top, but I guess if you're listening this is this is how you know you're a true fan. So you're down for the chaos. We'll never get to a voicemail. We're gonna we're gonna attempt. Well, speaking of never getting to voicemails, uh, we're gonna try <laughs> to do two. Th- we're trying to open up the voicemail box that's available at three two three three eight nine seven two two three. That's three two three three eight nine race. Um, to two other potential segments. I mean, we'll see how the response is. But one is, we, we thought maybe it would be nice to... Um, listen, we love talking about racism. We love it. Love we would love it. to only talk about racism at all I'm times. so However, for racism to talk about. <laughs> it is true that most of the time, our best calls and our best advice is just general advice. Um, so we haven't named this potential segment, I guess mostly because it's like, who knows how many uh, non-racism calls we're going to get. Um, but we're mm. going to start in Yo, Is This Racist? Um, either, uh, yeah, just we'll, we're going to mix in just fucking advice. You guys got questions? I don't know. Relationships. Hollywood. Those are the only two things we know anything about. Food. Just fucking anything. Um, feel free to call them in. And uh, yeah, if there's good ones, we're, we're, uh, we're going to start working those in. And also, and this is a thing I maybe knew about, and I don't know if I've announced, um, but there were more of these than I thought there would be in the in the box. Uh, you can also text 323-389-7223. And if you don't feel like having your voice or like a voice on the show or whatever, um, you're, you're welcome to text uh, your questions to that number. I will say, in general, we're going to give preference to the voicemails because... It's a fucking podcast. No one wants to really hear me read a voice or a text. Um, but, but this option is there if it's for there. some reason, maybe for anonymity, you don't want your voice yeah. on there. Or you just feel more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. The bar is going to be higher for quality, but it will be yeah. lower for, for your effort. So Make sure you do a joke pass on it. Give it a good punch up before you send it in. That's right. Yeah. If, if, if you're going to do, do a fucking text... You got time to edit. Make it good. Like, yeah. <laughs> make it a good one. So with all that being said, I don't know. Let's do, let's do at least a couple of voicemails. We'll see what happens. Let's do it. Here we go. Hey, Andrew, Tawny, and producer Kevin, and maybe a guest. Uh, love the podcast, and I'm just going to hit you with a question. Um, I am a white male, uh, cisgender male, in, in a workplace that is fairly diverse, and I travel... Uh, with colleagues for work kind of often. And I was on the road with a um, faculty member at my university uh, that is from India. And we got to talking over the course of a couple of hours, and I asked her 
where what her favorite Indian food was in town, um, which ordinarily I maybe would be a no-no, but uh, <laughs> she it happens to be a food scientist, and we had been talking about food all day, so I didn't uh, pull it out of the blue. Uh, and she travels back to India uh, frequently. Uh, I shared the story with my partner, and she thought that maybe that was racist, uh, so... I didn't know, and I thought I would turn it over to you guys. Let me know what you think. Roast as appropriate. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. The only thing I want to roast is that I'm really noticing he didn't tell us how the coworker responded. Yeah. I Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> right? I think, as a, as a world-class hater, my... <laughs> Actual answer is not going to have much utility. I think the the real answer is 97% of the time, not only is this fine, this is what people want to do. Oh, <laughs> like, interesting. I, um, 85% of the time, maybe 97 is too high. I think a lot of the time, you know, I'm thinking about like people like my parents, you know, they love this question. And people like me are like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you don't know me um, like that. Remind me, was he talking about a place that was new to him, but that she lived or had been many times? I think they were, I, th I think that was a bit of a red herring. If I recall and was understanding it correctly, this was just conversation they had while they were traveling, but it was about where they're from. Okay. I, see, I thought he was asking her about a place she'd never been to. Which is why I was oh, like, sure. she don't know, use Google. Um, yeah. But no, he was but, asking oh, her yeah, about either place way. where she lives. Yeah, I think. Okay. I, I see different. how I... Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> just because right. The, the other way assumes that Indian people just have some sort of beacon for yeah. Indian restaurants. <laughs> Magically assuming. Right. There's also the thing of like... Um, Assuming that everyone, you know, just because they're from a culture, like my parents, actually, this is another good example, even though they would love this question, have, and I will say this again, I'm sure this is incorrect on some level, but my parents have objectively some of the worst taste in food I've ever seen in any human being <laughs> ever. And like their recommendations are uniformly going to be trash, <laughs> uh, regardless of the uh, type of cuisine. So, um, you know, that's a good I, thing to remember is that people of color aren't magically exotically like great cooks with great taste. Just yeah, because. or like in tune with whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Our <laughs> Go taste ahead, could be ask, trash as well. <laughs> ask my mom; she's not going to tell you anything useful. I love this game show. Go ahead, ask my mom. Ask my mom. <laughs> It's true, though. It's, like, wild. Yeah. The only reason I know how to cook, we'll be talking more about cooking on our, our premium show, Yo Can We Live, is because, like, at a, basically around, like, the once it was, like, safe for me. Actually, no, it wasn't once it was safe. I, like, went on a Boy Scout trip, did my first mm -hmm. cooking, cut my finger, had to get stitches, emergency room, and that was, you know how they say, like, every good cook has, like, one scar? That was my one scar. It's the, literally the first time I ever tried to chop a potato. It's right here. And I have never cut myself again. That's not true. I cut myself pretty badly on a mandolin one time. Um, I've never cut myself again after that. Um, 
And... Also a country instrument that has roots in black culture. <laughs> Boom. Uh, mandolin's tuned in fifths, right? That's the only thing I know, like a violin. Oh, I think so, yeah. Guitars are tuned in fourths? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, guitar- uh, yeah guitars are Whatever fifths. it is. It's tuned like a violin and whatever uh, the, the other one is what guitars are. But... That's the only reason I know how to cook is because I'm, I'm such a terrible cook. Like around, like basically, once it was safe for me to hold a knife, I was like, I'm fucking cooking for myself from now on. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah. I guess caller, beware. You can ask brown people for yeah. Rex on their cuisine of origin, but their taste might be trash, just like everyone yeah. else. Yeah, and the underlying assumption that they must know, <laughs> I think, is that that's the thing I, I think is worth interrogating. Although, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the the thing about this question, which like a lot of our calls, like realistically, you're fine somewhere around 85% of the time with this for both quality of recommendation and enthusiasm of receiving the question. I just want to say my family falls firmly in the other side of that 15%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, let's do, do one more at least. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Um, I'm a designer, and I've worked in a lot of agencies doing a lot of uh, like video production, storyboarding, casting, and such. And when I see white people trying to hire diverse casts, I'm constantly having to explain to them that there are certain tropes you also need to avoid when making final decisions. And one thing I've been explaining a lot lately is the magical Beagro trope. And I live in Portland, so the white people here are super fragile, very racist. And when I say magical Negro, it has a very jarring effect on them. And so my question (laughs) is, are these lily white people just living their best lily white lives? Or should I not be saying magical Negro? Um, I'm Latinx. I am not black in any way, I don't think. Um, So thank you, thank you, thank you. Surprise. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think keep saying it because I think it's having the correct uh, effect on them. Like, right. That's why it's called that is so that people go, "Ooh, we shouldn't want to do that." <laughs> um. Well, so while that's true, what like do like because I presumably what's happening is white people are like, "You can't say that you're not black," and the callers like. Yeah, but I'm right. Look, I mean, this is a thing I experience a lot. I, I, I right. think the most tell, telling version of this was at a job one time when I was defending Juneteenth sort of against the only black person who was in mm-hmm. the room. And it was weird. And I think I did an okay job, but I think I immediately texted you and Sake afterwards being like, Hey, I wasn't sure what to do with this and I felt very uncomfortable, <laughs> but I'm I'm confident in the things that I said, which was like deferring to works of media that other black folks had made about it. But it was crazy. <laughs> this caller also isn't having black people say to her, don't use that. It's not yes. like she's just encountering white discomfort. Yes. And that's what I'm yes, like, yes. that should factor into your decision of whether to use this or not the least. Because <laughs> right. it is intended to cause white discomfort so that they can identify the trope and stay away from it. Like, yeah. there's a whole movie about it coming out. I have no yeah. idea if it's good, but check it out. It'll explain some shit. 
But yeah, I yeah. guess I'm just like, I don't, I'm not as worried about, if a black person comes up to you and says, hey man, maybe don't throw the word Negro around, then maybe listen to it. But like, I think you're kind of doing the Lord's work and I think you need to make those people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, right. You know, all things considered, that's the barometer. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's... if you say, because like we had a friend who was talking about using it in the room who was not black and she was saying that she uses magical black person when she's describing the trope to people. <laughs> And I'm like, right, I get why, if you don't feel comfortable saying the word Negro, I'm not shouting at people saying you must use it. <laughs> Do what you feel comfortable with. Tani, so put your side away. Put your, put your, oh no. Say Negro. Tani, no, no, Tani. <laughs> I'm going to just pace it back. I'm still on strike for some reason. <laughs> She's on strike for people not saying the word Negro. <laughs> In front of Warner Brothers, why? Um, <laughs> you know but why. They know why. I, but I do think the, Im- the the discomfort is necessary to curb the behavior. Because I think telling someone, ooh, what you've kind of cast here, you cast them to be this sort of magical black person and explaining that, they'll just kind of go like, huh, well, that doesn't sound so bad. So why don't you explain it to me more and maybe I can rationalize it or explain it away or make it seem not that bad. If you tell them you've made this person a magical Negro, they're going to go, ooh. Yeah, better which is that. like a, a thing mm-hmm. that... I mean, yeah, that that's sort of the other, like, side of it, too, which is, like, if you say magical black person, like, I mean, maybe I'll just check in real time right now what happens. I'm guessing what happens if you search for it on the internet, um, it will just point you to, yeah, magical Negro. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, they'll get there. But I, it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, like... Even in just, like, analysis, like, the magical Negro trope is what mm-hmm. it's called. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas magical black person sounds like a generic critique of, oh, it seems like you made that character too, you know, fa- fantastical yeah. or spiritual or something. Mm-hmm. When really it's like, no, no, yeah. no, we're talking about a specific trope. Yeah. That, at the same time, I will say, like, again, I probably experienced this more than I fucking probably should, honestly. Um, being not a black person having to well actually people <laughs> about black shit is not yeah. like the most fun or cool thing you can do. Um, I understand, you, you know, the, the reason you do it is because sometimes the alternative is much less cool, but it sucks. <laughs> like, or it doesn't suck. I mean, it's, but it is, it's perilous in a way that is like mm. just a little more like you do have to be careful and like um like speak correctly or and and also not just speak correctly but also speak with like a measure of humility and like acknowledging that you could be wrong for x or y reason um mm-hmm. wow and that it's so, not your experience but what you've heard or yeah. read how do you think I feel with you and Gao filling my brain with way too much Chinese shit all the time? Way too much. <laughs> you that got, sounds bad. You got, a, you got a great one this week. <laughs> you give me so many. I know way too much about intra-Asian hostilities that yeah. I have no business speaking on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tani learned did I get? about the, not not learned about the existence of, but like kind of like internalized. There's the, the Beijing accent is called Arhua. Oh, uh, hua means just like kind of like language or words. Um, but like similar to if, if people are familiar with like the uh, is it the Castilian lisp in Spanish? Oh, ca- like, in, like Catalan? Is, is it Catalan? Oh, yeah, whatever. The the lisp 
it's like an accent that mm-hmm. that uh, some Spanish uh, European Spanish speakers can have. Um, there's a similar one for uh, in Beijing, like the the sort of like um, it's technically incorrect, but it's like so associated with royalty and a, a measure of correctness that not only is it like you know there's a there's like a name for it. It's like considered like the imperial accent, but it is just like. Uh, as Tony put it, just like chingifying it. <laughs> I call, wait, let me be clear. I called it the chingy accent because of the song right there. Not yes. for any weird, the sound of the word chingy sounds scary. Oh, right. Oh, of course, where of course, I'm going of course. With this. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but adding the R. So I was calling the... it the right there accent because I don't know yes. how to say I don't speak Chinese. That's correct, though. But I identified yeah. it. I heard it in because my Instagram algorithm's all fucked up because of my friendship with you guys. So it just gives me reel after reel fully in Chinese that I'm like, I don't know what anyone's saying, but this crab looks dope. And so. <laughs> I'll send it to them and just be like, Jessica, translate. Somebody help me. But I, I heard the accent. I have an excellent ear, and I was fishing for a compliment. Yeah. So thank you. You you got it. You nailed it. It really was one of those things, yeah, because I was not, like, raised around, like, Beijing accents at all. So I didn't probably learn about it until way too late. I think my grandma was telling me about it, Like, well, this is, you know, it's the equivalent of, like, the BBC British accent. It's the Queen's accent kind of bullshit. Oh, wild. Where you're like... Okay, this is how, this is how rich people talk. But also Except like for then, nobody sounds like the BBC. Like that's like well, a yeah. nobody accent. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's or it's like that middle mid Atlantic accent. Like it's just the like rich people. And then China's history is all fucked mm-hmm. up because you know mon- the money went different places. Um, anyway, wow. So not the point of this show. Unless it is, call in with your racism and just general advice questions, 323-389-7223. That's 323-389-7223. We don't have to say race anymore because it doesn't have to be race. Or you can text mm-hmm. uh, com. You can, uh, we'll, we'll download. We haven't really compared notes, but Tani and I got separate food questions about previous Yoko We Live episodes. And Kevin made his first trip to Costco in over a decade. We're going to get a full download on that. Oh, yeah. Huge week. It's a great time. I have a Chicago corner. I have a massive Chicago corner. Chicago reports. Big Mm -hmm. week. Anyway, that's it. Go listen to that if you want, if you like if you like all this. Thank you for everyone who came to Sketchfest, our Sketchfest show. Thank you. Every time one of those shows happens, I'm like, what a goddamn miracle people showed up for Mm -hmm. this. And thank you to the people I met at Farpoint Convention in Baltimore. So many people came up because they love the pod. Thank you. That Thank is you. wild to me. I love seeing you out in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. It makes more sense when like Trekkies come to our live show. It's when Yoza's know, racist people come to the Trek conventions or cruise <laughs> that I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is happening here? <laughs> yeah. What is this? I can't wait. I'm about to leave for the cruise and I can't wait to see Amazing. who's there and shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, what is y'all. all this? All right. Peace. This is Suboptimal.